Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here again. Another exciting episode of Amazing Business Radio. In just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with Doug Sandler, the author of Nice Guys Finish First, which is a top-ranked Amazon bestseller. He's a great speaker, an author, a blogger, a podcaster. Uh, basically, he's like me, but he has hair. <laughs> but seriously, uh, before we get into this, he's going to be talking about nice uh, guys finish first. It's all about delivering nice customer service. So I thought, wouldn't it be an interesting concept to talk about being nice today? But not just nice that w- the way we treat our customer. How about as a customer being nice to the people who we do business with? Now, there's an old saying that goes something like this. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. And, hey, I know this firsthand because when I'm not happy with something, I don't throw a fit. I don't throw a tantrum. I don't get angry. But I know how to squeak a little bit, how to, you know, uh, be heard by the person I'm doing business with. And, you know, maybe that's okay if it doesn't get out of control. But, you know, maybe there's a better way to. Maybe if we're just a little bit nicer, we might get more of what we want. You know, I guess if we don't, then we could start to squeak a little bit. But the next old saying is you'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar. In other words, being nice to people serving you may beget nice customer service in return. And if you don't believe me, you should give it a try. It's uh, uh, a really great concept. We were just recently uh, dealing, uh, and you may have heard and seen this written in one of my blogs, and I may have talked about it on a recent episode. I can't remember. I've talked about it in a number of other interviews. I was uh, flying home, and I wanted to try to get a seat on an airplane. I wanted to fly standby, and I fly on this airline a lot. I have status. I have status on several airlines from flying so much. And part of the deal is they put you on the wait list, and – If you've got good status, they'll move you toward the top of the wait list. And I arrived at the airport early. I wanted to get on the plane, and the guy just wouldn't put me on the list. And I don't know why. So I just nicely walked away, and I thought, well, I could let it go. I could argue with the guy, but I'm not going to do that. And I know that uh, some of you know if you have a problem and you call your uh, the vendor and you talk to somebody on the customer support team and you don't like the answer, you can hang up, call back somebody else, ask the same question. You might get a different answer. And this is exactly what happened. I went to the next gate over and I asked the gate agent, uh, would it be possible to be put on that flight next to us uh, on that wait list? And I even nicely said, I don't know why, but the gentleman didn't want to take care of me and put me on the list. I, I I wasn't sure why. And the and the and the guy who was helping me, the gate agent said, I don't understand either. <laughs> and he went ahead and put me on the list. Sure enough, my name was called and when the gentleman who originally turned me down saw it was me taking the ticket, he gave me this really, really kind of a I would say nasty look, but definitely a dirty look as to what are you doing. Anyway, the idea was uh, I could have argued with him, but I just walked away. I found somebody else. I was really nice, but let's take this to uh, a, a step further. Uh, there was an article that came out. I'm going to say it was much earlier this year. Uh, it came out in Trend Watching, and it was a great example of what I'm talking about. There's this French restaurant, La Petite Syrah, and they had. Are you ready for this? a pricing policy based on politeness. 
In other words, the customers who were kind to the barista who prepared the coffee and used the word please were charged less than those who didn't use the word please and weren't so polite. And there were two prices actually posted on the board. And a, a cup of coffee for the polite customer cost, uh, you know, these are in euros, 140 versus, uh, you know, uh, 7 euros. 7 euros versus 140. Now that is an 80% discount just for being nice. And that's what this uh, interview today is going to be about with Doug Sandler, all about how to be nice, all about how to build a relationship based on, hey, his book, Nice Guys Finish First. So this is Amazing Business Radio. We're going to talk to Doug in just a moment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and as I told you just a few minutes ago, I am so excited. We have Doug Sandler today, and Doug has a best-selling book titled Nice Guys Finish First, and they really do, and he's going to tell us why. Uh, he is uh, He blogs, he podcasts, he writes, he speaks. Uh, this is a guy that you want to listen to who knows a lot about how to deliver really a great customer service experience. And as we were talking prior to the interview, he mentioned that he really likes the term customer care, not just customer service. So, Doug, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. We're excited to have you talk about customer care. I'm excited just to be on the air with uh, with an icon in the industry. Oh, so cut it for... out, cut it out. But, you know, <laughs> oh, go ahead, say more. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That's nice of you. So uh, give us a little background on yourself, more than the short little, you know, 20-second bio that I just, uh, you know, pulled out of your more extensive bio. But you've been doing this 30 years, which means you're yep. older than your picture. Either that's false advertising or you're just really a good-looking guy. Yeah, there's a lot of airbrushing going on that photo. So I would have to say 30 years I've been in the entertainment business and about a handful of years ago, my financial planner and I, the guy that actually helps me save or manage the three cents I've managed to save over the last 30 years, he said, hey, you know, as an entertainer, you're doing great. But in, in three or four years, you know, what's going to happen? Where's your career going? And I said, you know, I really haven't thought about what my future is all about. And that's when I took a turn and really started to examine exactly what my my future career was going to be all about. And I really wanted to turn the corner and do a little bit more in the way of speaking, writing. Uh, I never even heard of a podcast four years ago. So, you know, the whole idea of the, the channels that I'm promoting my business on, I, I just, they weren't, they didn't even exist in my mind. So uh, it's, I've spent the last four years doing something very humbling. We're trying to reinvent my entire career. And when you go back to zero from having such a, a, a amazing uh, career or status in your old life, uh, it's pretty humbling. But I've been enjoying the last four years and following guys like you, Chef. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to say that you've been doing it a lot more than four years. You've been doing it really for 30 years. 
you did not become successful in your entertainment business, which, by the way, is being a DJ at special events, be them uh, weddings, corporate events, all types of events, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. I, I primarily, believe it or not, make a living on that dance floor doing uh, bar and bat mitzvah entertainment. So, uh, yep. And you're right. You're 100% right. I, I've spent the last 30 years building this uh, building this theory of Nice Guys Finish First, which was the title of my book. And uh, and it really just became, in, you know, three or four years ago, actually four years ago, it turned the corner to actually teaching what I have learned through lessons through building my entertainment business. So this is great. So I love that background because you come from a background of experience, not from, uh, you know, this is what I think will work. You're actually doing it, you're living it, and you're still doing it and living it, and that's why you're successful at what you do. So let's talk about the book, and let's talk about the concept, nice guys finish first. You know, the, the cliche is nice guys finish last. And, I've uh, heard that. Yeah, heard that. yeah. So, what, <laughs> so, so you turn it around. You turn it on its head. Tell us what that's about. Well, I, I spent. I, I look at. I look back to my career again in the entertainment business, where a lot of these lessons come true. And I found that in entertainment, um, there is a huge ego that's that gets fed. You know, a lot of the guys that are in and, and girls in in the business um, get the reputation of being a diva. And I said, hey, what would happen if I actually wasn't a diva? And if I took my attitude and I changed it from an attitude of I'm better than you, because a lot of entertainers actually, you know, that ego has to be fed constantly. What if I change that philosophy into a philosophy of I'm going to do everything I can to make it not about me and about and, and instead make it about my customer? I'm going to return their calls. I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm going to uh, you know, tell them the truth. I'm going to not have all of these demands when it comes to green rooms and setup. And, and I'm going to actually think that everybody that I come in contact with from the moment I begin that customer journey with my customer till the day that they uh, follow through and have their event till follow up after that. I'm going to do everything I can in order to make them uh, fall in love with me by being nice to them and turning the turning the tables. And instead of being having it be about me, but being having it be about my customer, I found by doing that even a little bit better than my competition uh, what started winning me jobs. And not because I was a better entertainer. It actually had nothing to do with my entertainment. It had to do all about how I was treating my customers. So I turned the 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 customer um, service and I use the word service. And, and change it into really caring about my customer, which I found was a whole lot more important to my customer than just servicing them. Right. Well, you had a really important word you just used, and that word was them, T-H-E-M. Uh, just had Bruce Turkel, who is an amazing uh, brand. Uh, he owns a branding agency, and he just wrote a book called All About Them, and that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. If you can turn it around and make it more about them than about you, and I, I know that you probably deal with this all the time. I know I do as a speaker. Uh, I was just talking to a client this morning, and he was describing exactly what he wanted, and he said, you know, Shep, I really believe your, your speech would resonate with this audience, and I said, I think it would too. Um, I understand you're still looking at other people. And he goes, yes, we are. And I go, well, here's the thing. I'm very comfortable telling you this. Uh, by the way, I can, I am comfortable because I, I, I'm somewhat successful, so I'm not scrambling for every single booking that I can get. Although I'll take pretty much 
every single booking. <laughs> no, but seriously, I said, this is your meeting, and this the speaker you are hiring has to set the tone for the rest of that meeting. The message has to be exactly what you want. So whether it's me or one of these other three people that you're looking at, and you will not offend me if you don't hire me because I know I'm good enough to have been – making a right. living at this for 30-plus years, just as you've been doing it for 30 years and what you do. So here's the thing. What can I do to help you make the decision, me or someone else? And they go, wow, you, you want to help me? I go, sure, because if you don't use me this year, you're going to use me next year or the year after. It's going to happen. And I would imagine, you know, you sit there and listen to parents talk about what they want for their kids at this. You know, you, you said bar and bat mitzvah, but at the end of it all, it really is about that little kid, that 13-year-old uh, coming-of-age yeah, yeah, yeah. person, uh, being able to be the star of the show, the star of the evening, and celebrate this really big accomplishment that they had. It's totally right. And what's really interesting about what you say is that, and very similar to how you um, how you made it make sense to your your prospective customer, what I do with my customers is very similar to that. When people go and look at other entertainers from an entertainment perspective or from a speaking perspective, they talk about, you know, they show the video of them on, you know, on the stage or them at the at the DJ console or them playing games or doing the line dances or whatever it is on the dance floor with the kids. When I have my video, my video actually shows I don't, I don't even appear on my video because I make the video all about my customer. So if we if we really change the focus that we have and change it from a what can I do for you? You know, it's it's all about how can I help you? How can I make your day even better? How can I make this a, a really positive experience? And that truly is, in my mind, what great customer service is all about, is making it all about that them word, as you said earlier. Right. And I think that the way you also handle yourself and make it easy for them to do business with you, uh, if it really is all about them, you're going to you're going to respond to requests you're going to make suggestions and the way that you deliver the service uh, as you know you're going to show up early you're never going to make them worry I, there's probably lots of details that go into your system working it's all about that and and where where i think again in the entertainment world and that's the the world that i have the huge amount of experience in in that world for me um, all of my competition so focuses on that four-hour event. And when I train people, because I'm in a, in a nice position to have a, about a dozen guys that all do this under my umbrella, when I train them, I talk to them about stop focusing on the four hours of that event. Focus on the year and a half that you have to plan the event. Get that customer to fall in love with you because they have no choice because you're doing nothing more than exceeding every possible expectation that they have. You're on time with your 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 communication with them you've you've told them the truth you've advised them you've said no to them at points where they said they want something added onto their event and you say well i'm not really sure you have to sell me on that idea now what salesperson has ever said no to a customer that says they want to spend their money with you if right. i don't feel as though it's a good value for my customer i won't let them spend the money and and saying no to them every once in a while puts them in a position where you really are building their trust in you and that's that's what you want with every customer that you have. All right. There's that old saying, people want to be around pe uh, people and do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Yeah, and they trust. Right. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, this whole nice guy thing is a great uh, way to get them to know and like you. 
but the trust thing is a little bit more difficult. Uh, any thoughts that you have about how to build that trust? I think you've already given us the ideas that you you've taken a you know it's not about the four hours; it's about the year, year and a half leading up to it. Because by the way, for those that don't uh, know about bar and bat mitzvahs, it's kind of like a wedding. It's just with thirteen-year-olds. <laughs> is is well, that right? Uh, imagine imagine uh, buying a sports car, going to an exotic car dealership, and looking at a hundred thousand dollar Ferrari, if there is such a thing that's out there, a hundred thousand dollar Ferrari, buying that Ferrari. And saying, for the next four hours, I'm going to drive the Ferrari. But at the end of that four hours, I'm just going to go ahead and drive it off a cliff. Right. But you, you left out <laughs> the really important part. First, you're going to take a picture of it. And then you're yeah, going to drive it off of a cliff. <laughs> yeah, make sure people realize you actually had it and they missed out on the opportunity. No, but but that that's the whole thing. It is about four hours. But everything leading up to it is is getting them to fall in love with you and getting them to trust you. All right. Let's jump to a different topic for a couple of minutes before we take a break. Uh, you you have a notion that technology is changing the relationship about how we build, um, you know, that bond with our customer. What, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think about that? Has, well, it's it, changed it, a lot, and it's making things easier, better, more difficult. I, I think to a degree it makes it a little bit more difficult. Although your reach is is extremely broad right now, there's so much noise that's out there. How do you cut through all the noise? And I think that. For uh, for two old timers such as you and me, I'm not calling you old, but you know we're about the same age. Uh, when you look back, it used to be all about handshakes and meetings and, and going and actually having a physical contact with your with your customers. Nowadays, that initial contact oftentimes is started through social media. Communications is constantly led through. Um, through email. Sometimes my customers don't even want to talk to me. They want to text me, especially some of the younger customers. They want to text me. So for me, it was a big change. And I found that you can get lost in that unless you understand how to use technology to your advantage. So to a degree, it made it, it makes it more challenging if you don't do it properly. Uh, but on the other side of it, man, it makes, it makes you so much more accessible, which I love if you're a good communicator with people. Right. Well, the book is called Nice Guys Finish First, available uh, on Amazon, and you can get it from Doug directly at DougSandler.com. We're going to take a real short break. When we come back, I've got a a few other questions I want to ask you. We're going to talk about how you build this customer love, how you build the trust. Nice Guys Finish First. We'll be right back on Amazing Business Radio. Chef Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.chefondemand.com. Once again, that's chefondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back, and we're talking with Doug Sandler, and he's been talking about how nice guys finish first. So, you know what? Definition of nice. Do you have a, a, a let's? I know we've been talking a lot about what goes into making people feel good about you, but do you have a formal definition of what nice is? You know, it was funny because I, I, I sent uh, I sent your uh, your handler your your, pre, your pregame guy some information, and you know when I sent that question, I was like, well, what exactly is my definition of nice? And I just came up with a uh, a silly little acronym, I guess. Naturally, I can be exceptional, and the B is like a little in carrots. I like so, that. It's, it's all about being exceptional. Customer service, customer care, whatever level of, of where you want to put it and, and define that word nice, 
it's not just about delivering service that's satisfactory. That's that's boring. And who, who's going to do that and, and really think that they can be ultra successful at it? You've got to go so far above and beyond when wherever you think is exceptional and take it to the next level from there. I love that. And when you do stuff like that, your customer, they don't even you have a you have somebody that will be so loyal to you forever. That's the best part about it. All right. So I'm going to tell you that your definition of nice is outstanding. But at the end of the day, there's two words in this. uh, This nice is the word. Exceptional is another word here. And I believe that as much as we would try to be nice and try to naturally, I can be ex- exceptional, you, you know, be exceptional to our customers. Guess who gets to define who determines if we're nice or if we're being exceptional? I mean, that would be your customer. Exactly. It's up to them to determine that. So, so I, and by the way, I wasn't doing this as a trick question. I realized mm-hmm. as I was asking you this, you know, hey, this is what we want our customers to perceive us as. So the question is, can we actually do it? It's kind of like, I I mean, how many people know about this acronym you have, NICE? I made it up about 10 minutes before I made the uh, the call to you. You know, I think this is outstanding. I think you need to you need to trademark it, you need to tweet it, you need to prove it's yours before anybody else listening to this starts okay. to use it. But I, I, yeah, you know, it's it, it works. But at the end of the day, you know, our brand promise and my brand promise, if I'm you and I'm not you, but if I was, you know, nice. And by the way, do you know what nice means? And the customer is going to say, I'm not sure. Well, naturally, I can be exceptional. And that's how I want you to perceive our relationship. That's my goal. And if there's any time that you feel I'm anything less than exceptional, I sure hope you let me know it. I, I think that is that is amazing, and that is definitely something that's uh, that's trademarkable for sure. I have a I have a, a sign on my computer. It says "Set unrealistic expectations and then exceed them." And for me, I, I'm constantly uh, putting myself in a position to say to myself, "Was that enough?" And then if I say, "Yeah, that's enough," then I will kill it even further than that. You got to go beyond. Yeah, that's enough. It's got to be. That was exceptional. Man, they did not expect that. I know they didn't expect it. When you can pat yourself on the back and laugh at, at what you have just done, you know you've done something good. Right. So think about what just a major recent world event was the Olympics. And mm-hmm. uh, here in the U.S., we're very proud of Michael Phelps. And when Michael Phelps won that uh, butterfly um, you know, gold medal, uh, I don't know how many people caught this, but I caught it, and it stood out to me like, you know, wow, I can't believe he actually just said that on TV. Well, how do you feel about winning the year? You know, I don't know if it was – it's his 20-something gold medal, but yeah. I think it was the fourth in that event. He said, I feel really good about it, but I would have liked to have won or beat the world record. <laughs> okay? The guy just won the gold medal of the Olympics, and it wasn't good enough. I, I think we all amazing. tend to focus. We all tend to focus on the things that we know that we could do that we could do better. And part of the the responsibility that we have in the world of customer service is is making sure that everything that we do. You know, you can't be in customer service and and deliver half assed. Uh, you know, um, uh, half assed uh, tactics. Everything that you do when you're in the world of customer service needs to be under a microscope. And if it's not under your customer's microscope, better be under your microscope because without that, uh, you don't have a job. How could I speak on the topic of customer service unless I 
return my phone calls, tell the truth, uh, reach out to people and communicate, uh, you know, be on time every time for each meeting that I have. How can I, how could I talk about the, the philosophy of exceptional customer service unless I'm delivering it? Right. And I think that basically what you're saying is three words, live your brand. Totally live it. So, um, do you have a system or actionable steps to building these better relationships that you're talking about? Absolutely. I have a program that, that I institute with myself. It used to be a three-step program, basically tell the truth, be a nice guy, and return your phone calls. That was 30 years ago. The system has evolved into this thing called the Nice Guy 30. It's what can I do over the next 30 days that will help instill this belief that that I can deliver exceptional customer service and I can be a nice guy, which is nice guys finish first. So it's, I love it. It's it's really simple. I mean, it's when I go and I deliver my keynotes and I talk about this, I say I'm going to talk about things that are really really simple. This is not rocket science here, but it's things that they are things that people just don't do. Uh, returning your phone calls, returning your emails, text messages, and social communications on time. Being on time every time. That doesn't mean showing up five minutes after four o'clock for a four o'clock. It means show up at, you know, three fifty or three fifty-five for a four o'clock appointment. It means being on time every time. It means over over delivering and and uh, and you know, going above and beyond with everything that you deliver to your customer. And the last thing, which is this, the thing that people tend not to do in this world of, of high technology. It's reach out to your customers, your prospective customers on a daily basis. Have communication with them that's other than just technology communication. Pick up the phone. Call somebody just to say hi. Don't discuss business. Just call, hey, I was thinking about you. You know, you told me about this vacation you took in Disney World last month. I, you know, a friend of mine just took a vacation down there, and he went through this fast pass thing. And you just talk about things that are unrelated to business. And then just say, hey, okay, just hope you're having a great day. And then that's the end of your phone call. You're, you're, you're so, building rapport. And, and, yeah, that's yeah, all you're doing. That's that relationship piece because it's really easy to get lost in technology. And what happens is a year from now they'll say, yeah, we had this great DJ. Man, I can't remember his name be- because you never connected with him on an emotional connection. It was always done uh, through technology. And by the way, as our millennial uh, dem- uh, demographic and generation gets older, uh, they do connect at some emotional level through these technology, uh, you know, medias of communication. So uh, that's something to consider. A couple of things I just want to go back to. You know, you mentioned on time. There's something that you and I have in common. I was never a DJ at a bar mitzvah. I used to do magic shows at birthday parties, and I know that our listeners know uh, that I've done this, if you've been listening, and you also probably have heard the story that my dad told me one day, which is about being on time. If, if the party starts at 7 o'clock in the evening – what time do you get to that party? If, the, if my party starts at 7 o'clock, I'm usually there at least an hour and a half or two hours ahead of time, making sure that everything is – it only takes me 20 minutes to set up. Right. But who knows what's going to happen in the setup process. Right. So, um, I mean, you may even go in earlier in the day, set up, and then just come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But let's say you get there an hour and a half early, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this story, and I think you're going to like where it ends up. You're there an hour and a half early. You set up in 20 minutes, and then you go – maybe you're at some uh, country club or some hotel ballroom. But you go yep. off, and you get something to eat, maybe have mm-hmm. a soda, whatever. You're relaxing. When do you show back up 
to the event, so to speak? You know, when do you again, show yep. again, before the event is about to take place, you never know what's going to happen. Something could happen in the, in the turning on of your equipment. Uh, you're going to have a photographer, a videographer, the client, you're going to have the catering manager. You're going to have the security people. Everybody is going to be there and, just looking for you. So why not just be there at your station ready to go? Right. Not just well ready to go, but you said, well, there you go, well in advance. So I had set my birthday party magic show up that every time I used a prop, I would pull it out of the, the table, uh, which was kind of a suitcase-like table. Yeah. And when I was finished, I would put it back in, which meant it was ready to go for the next magic show. I didn't have any setup. Literally, I can walk in to a home Oh, perform over there in the corner. I open up my suitcase table. Boom, I'm ready to go. No setup time whatsoever. But my dad said, if that party starts at, we'll use 7 o'clock in the evening. It's an evening birthday party for the kids, right? If that party starts at 7 o'clock, what time do you think, if you're not there, are the parents going to start to look at their watch and wonder where you are? And I thought, oh, that's, I don't know, 15 minutes? He goes, exactly. You need to always be there 15 or 20 minutes before the party so that they don't worry because you want to make – you don't want to ever be the one thing they worry about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree with that. You don't want – you want all focus to be on something else other than you because you don't want to be the reason that there is any worry, any anxiety, anything at any step of the way, whether you're an entertainer or a guy that's delivering uh, automobiles um, You know, after the, your, your customer buys it. You want the last thing – on their mind to right. be you. Yeah, and you know, just like automobile, you get your car serviced, you bring it in. What time will it be ready? It'll be ready at 4 o'clock. But at 3 o'clock, the automotive dealer calls you and says, hey, guess what? Your car is ready, and it'll be waiting for you. It's all cleaned up, ready to go. You walk in, and the guy has your keys and the invoice, and it takes you right over to the cashier, and boom, everything's done, and it's all about the customer, and it's not about uh, you showing up, you waiting in line. Oh, you said the car was going to be finished at four. Well, that was an estimate. No, you know, the the dealership's keeping in touch. I think that's part of what it is, and I think that's what you, that human connection, the, and even if it's uh, just a communication via text or email, constantly staying in touch, and when you do that, you build trust, and as a result, people think that you are nice. I'll tell you, I had a uh, I had an interesting experience with my cell phone carrier. I won't man- manage it, mention it because it, it wasn't a positive experience. But mm-hmm. all through the process, they promised to get back to me and get back to me about uh, an overdue bill that was no overdue bill at all. And they were looking into it, and she didn't have any information for me. And so every couple of days, I would call and just say, hey, do you have any information for me? No, I, I'll, I told you I'd give you a call as soon as I know. How great would it be just for her to pick up the phone and say, hey, just want to let you know, I don't have any information right now, but I'm still working on it. Just to know that they were still working on it is is really all I need. That's all. That's it. That's it. All right. We're almost out of time. We have uh, one more thought from you. I want a great one. Uh, let's end the show with the big keeper, something you want to remind us that we absolutely have to do. Maybe you've already talked about it, or maybe it's something we haven't talked about yet. What would that big one thing be? The one thing that I stress over and over again as I'm delivering my keynotes about service, it's to remember to be a human being. Understand that as your customers are going through this journey with you, they don't know what to expect. You may have had this experience a thousand times with a thousand other customers, but this might be the only, the the first time that this customer is dealing with you. They don't know what to expect. If you're a human being and you just put yourself in their position and you understand you're empathetic and you're sympathetic to the problems that they have, if you just continue to be a human being, 
you will win that customer over for life. And I, and I got to tell you, regardless of whether even your service, not your customer service, but the service or the product that you offer is not the best on the market. If you deliver it with a human being mentality, that customer will still stay with you because they will like you. So human being is definitely the critical trait to have. Well said. Well said. We've been talking with Doug Sandler. He is the author of Nice Guys Finish First, a top-ranked book on Amazon, and you can get it directly from Amazon or go to DougSandler.com, learn more about the book as well as Doug's speaking engagements and sign up for his blog. It's a good blog, lots of great practical tips, and I can't recommend them highly enough. So thanks, Doug, for being on the show. Everybody, thank you very much for listening. This is Chef Hike on Amazing Business Radio reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>